Great review as always. All four of my girlfriends love my iron covers. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, fools? It's officially April, so we're taking iron covers really seriously. Let's dig into it. We've got Harry, Tony, and Chris. This is episode number 78 of No Pets Given. Let's get it. Krissa, what are you what are you breaking into there? I see you've got some got some new iron. Those covers. look fresh. They look fresh. Yeah, they weren't in our review. I'm a little disappointed Dave didn't include these, but we'll see. Maybe next time. So I did. I went with this other suggestion. I just put a putter cover on. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while since we've seen these. You know, I was actually thinking of you, Chris, because I'm like, I bet Chris could fill a bag with putter covers and then some. Yeah, so uh, I'm actually going to play golf tomorrow afternoon, possibly. So I may go out to the course with 14. <laughs> uh, well, they won't fit on drive or whatever, but every iron and wedge, I think, nice little bouquet there. So we have to confess that uh, we pulled your leg a little bit. We laid some seeds so that this article would be a great success last week on No Putts Given. When we told you there would be a serious um, Iron Covers buyer guide, uh, we were not serious. April Fools. Tony, what do you think of Dave's work? I mean, the micro boom speakers, I the paragraph on that I still maintain is the single best paragraph ever written on my golf spy. Um, just, I mean, just perfect in every way. Plays to the fact that, that people not only hate iron covers, but they also hate speakers on the golf course with, <laughs> with similar passion. So to combine those two things <laughs> uh, into, into a made-up design that he said will drive away those annoying sounds of nature, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's perfect. Just chef's kiss. I thought it was fantastic. I waited to read it until he was done. And I'm so glad I did because from start to finish, it was just a masterpiece. All out. And the fact that he he really put in the effort to make it look like every other buyer's guide and most wanted that we Sort of, but in like the jankiest way. <laughs> Harry and tremendous. I were taking a look at it yesterday and he's like, I wish the backgrounds weren't black on these pictures because they aren't on buyer's guides. And I said, no, that's perfect because it looks like junk. <laughs> the, the, the only the, the things I think I wish we had done differently is maybe take the time to to, to make the links go somewhere. And then the other yeah. thing, if we had created some some bullshit Twitter accounts for these companies <laughs> and actively, to get out and actively promote the, the fact that Dank Designs was mentioned. But I mean, as soon as you look at this picture, you'd think that there would be no way. I mean, there's a beer can on <laughs> the iron. You'd know. think there would be no way people That's... could buy it beyond the pictures. Well, I think we missed last year. We we got too serious for a little bit. What was it last year? I don't think we did one last year. I don't know that we did one last year, but if you go back, like we did back when, when Callaway launched their, their Versa line of putters, which kind of white, black, white designs, alignment right. stuff, we did a an April Fool's on a Versa driver. It was absolutely epic. Um, actually, Callaway <laughs> was a, a bit miffed at the time because... They were afraid investors were going to take it seriously. Well, we did a PXG uh, one too, didn't we? Like a 24 gold carat. Like yes, 24 karat gold PXG irons we yeah. did. They got a lot of inquiries about that too. The Scotty Cameron driver was excellent as well where I believe Adam did it where he, he mocked up these designs to make it look exactly like one of those Scotty Cameron photo yeah. shoot kind yeah. of things. And 
epic stuff like a crown on crown technology <laughs> one came through my uh, <laughs> inbox and i felt hook line sinker i was like yeah this kind of matches yeah it makes sense so uh stuart golf came up with one um with they said that the masses because of covid they got no caddies they want to keep it uh, you know as covid free as possible so they sent like a 92 a fleet of follow cards and i was like oh that's pretty a cool piece so i sent it i sent it to chris and, and miranda said we should probably do a piece on this i don't have time to write it but it's good and at the very bottom like right in there it's like the like the pr consultant uh her name was it's april, april fools. fools it was spelled slightly differently but yeah see um, i didn't i i'm like those i'm like those golfers that go they see the article go straight to the comments and said you're an idiot that's yeah. that's me <laughs> I think this is a perfect article to dive into comments, but there's so many different places that we promoted this article where people didn't think about what date it was. And so some were angry. We got a lot of iron covered defenders. Um, I'm looking at the comments on the article so right now. So many defenders. A lot of defenders. I'm okay with defend. It's your world. You know, you rock whatever you want to rock. I mean, people... Is that what it is? You're rocking a rock hat, for example. I am, yeah, I am walk- rocking a rock hat. But it's like... Okay, you know, you do you. That, that, that's totally fine. Nobody is saying you can't. Well, I mean, I don't know, Chris. Last week, I think we called them chodes and jabronis. Tony Tony did. I didn't call anybody <laughs> a chode or a jabroni. J- jabroni was Miranda. <laughs> jabroni was Miranda. Chode was Tony. Chode may have been me. <laughs> but it's like, chode. lighten up, Francis. You know, it's such a good scene. I mean, uh, we're allowed to have a sense of humor from once in a while, you know? We do have one. I thought and so. It, it's not like, you know, we, we had a meeting said, all right, what are we going to declare lame? Like, that wasn't us. Like, we we weren't the ones that decided <laughs> yeah. iron head covers were lame. This is golf society as a whole. The majority has decided that our iron covers are a little lame. By the way, the actual picture on the article, I'm pretty sure that's Dave's clubs with head covers on there. Yeah. <laughs> he would have gone the extra mile and, and bought He would have. Yeah. Or or finally he's like, oh, I can finally use them. I can put this out there publicly. <laughs> I think the latter is the important one. Yeah. Well, yeah, we didn't decide that white new balance shoes are dad shoes. John Barba. But when you make a right. golf shoe that looks like a dad shoe, we go... This is kind of what it looks like. You know, we didn't decide, you know, that having those, what are those little, uh, you know, things on the golf bags where you got like the beads where you can like oh, count your yeah, score. Yeah. <laughs> where it's oh, like, yeah. Like if you had, you know, like you've seen some of those like, hey, I'm a brand new golfer starter kit. <laughs> that's exactly it right there. It wouldn't be as funny if it weren't true. Well, that's the thing. Like the beads thing. That's a great example. You're like, yeah, I need this. And then you, you start to play golf and you realize pretty quickly, like if I need the beads, just write down an eight. That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. I, there's there's one as well yeah, where you like, have the shot counter yeah. where it could be one where you keep all right, one, two, three, and it only goes up to nine. That's an insufficient number. It's yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not, <laughs> not enough. <laughs> Do we want to dive into some of the comments and see what we got? Because I think this is the best part of the April Fool's thing. Like Dave's article is magnificent, but the reactions are just as good. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off. I like this one. Great review as always. All four of my girlfriends love my iron covers. <laughs> <laughs> that one was good. That one was good. Let's see. How about the first guy who commented? And and said that we were missing iron covers with speakers. Yes. Because that, that is like such the classic response is like, you guys didn't include 
something that was actually included. included. And even yeah. in this article, which was a, a total joke, the first comment was, you guys forgot to include this in your joke. And the larger joke being, it was included, included. in the joke. That happens on every buyer's guide and most wanted article we do. Why didn't you test this? Why didn't you test this? And we'll go back and say, look at the chart. It's there. And sometimes we didn't, but usually. Sometimes, but most yeah. of the time we did. Here's Tom. Tom Reed said, seriously, I've never figured out the need for iron covers. They get dinged from hitting the ground and unfortunately any rocks lying underneath the turf. They do not get damaged from sitting in a bag. I think he, um, I don't think he read the article. Did not read the article guy is a, another common commenter. Well, yeah. And then, you know, there, there are plenty of people that took it and then extended the article, right? Yes. Which I appreciate that. We want people to interact. That's super fun. Yeah. But here's one comment that's like kind of in the middle where I'm like, first time I read it, I'm like, is this serious? The guy says, iron covers perform a serious function. <laughs> is nothing safe from satire slash joking? When will it stop? I don't really know what he means. And I'm like, I'm guessing that's a joke. I hope. I, you know, I hope. Well, so. just because it's April first, you think is a joke, mm. but I don't. We know our readers, or some. Sometimes of you don't know. Sometimes like I hope, I know. hope that's a joke. You know, and, and and I'm sure it's. But like, there are some people in there where it's like, you know, clearly touched a nerve. This guy says, I have unprotected golf several times a week. <laughs> <laughs> see, like that stuff, that's, that's great. great. Like, that one was see, well like that guy. We should send that guy some iron covers as a thank you. <laughs> I should send that guy a head cover, a putter head cover. Yeah, he earned one. We're actually recording you. this on April 1st. You'll see it next Tuesday. Um, or but are we? <laughs> we don't know. Um, so we're seeing these like as they trickle in. Right. Some of the best comments came on Twitter and Instagram where we were careful about how much we promoted this because we didn't want people to remember that it was April 1st and give them too much time to catch on. But people were angry and taking it seriously that we were going to do a serious iron covers buyer guide and were not happy with us. And then, like I said, there were the defenders that were like, I've been waiting for this. It's amazing. <laughs> Finally. Right. Like it's this wide breadth of humanity where like it's amazing how mad some people will get about free information like yeah. how dare you even if that information is <laughs> quite yeah, but like fake. how dare you do a serious guide on something that i'm not paying for and nobody forces me to read and i have ultimate free choice whether or not to engage with it yeah. like i think some of the biggest defenders of um iron covers were actually on YouTube for No Putts Given last week. Chris, I, there were a lot of people with you saying they use iron covers. My people. <laughs> the iron cover, iron cover mafia. They're out there. Like I said, no judgment. I mean, if you want to use no iron way. covers, by all means. I Ultimately, it doesn't impact my life. And well, No, we don't care. Like I said last week, I'm going to get much more sort of upset if you're playing a crappy two-piece ball. So Here, I want to... This is like a... A warm up to the hot seat. Warm seat question? Warm seat. Yeah, this is, a, this is a warm seat question. If you had to use, let's exclude the, the Niox, if you had to use any of Dave's ideas for iron covers, which ones would you use? Oh, I've already got mine. Mine's, mine's this Play-Doh. <laughs> you can mold it into anything that you want. I mean, if, plus if you get hungry, you can eat it. If you're in first grade. Chris, what about you? Did you have a favorite iron cover? I am. I'm going with the putter covers all throughout the bag. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He did it with the Cameron ones, but I'm going to I'm gonna do it with my uh, 
ever-expanding Japanese head cover collection. Okay. Tony, how about you? Have you picked one? Yeah, I'm, I, I just went through the list. I am a big fan of the the total functionality of these shots and pops. So, <laughs> you know, like, hey, I, I hit a bad shot. I got this little airport liquor bottle attached to my club bed cover, <laughs> my iron cover. Let's make the most of it. So, hell yeah. Tequila for everybody. Tequila for everybody. Uh, this one, when I got to it, Cracked me up. Best rain protection, silver systems, and it's uh, just wrapped in duct tape. Duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> Hydrophobicity. Yeah. I tried to sneak one in to the FAQs like at the bottom. Um, Dave actually took it out. I was hoping he'd keep it, but it was like the, <laughs> the question was, aren't iron covers kind of lame? And the answer was, no, you're lame. That was, that was <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I like that. He took it out. <laughs> Dave, well played, sir. This is great. Fantastic job. It does seem to be his specialty. He definitely they, did the PhD <laughs> one, for sure. That's his happy place. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's been a lot of fun. Um, if you're bored looking for something to do, go back in all of our comments, read, see who took it seriously, who didn't. It, You know, we could make a book out of these comments after a while. So a lot of fun. Uh, but Chris, I did want to jump over into something serious. Enough of the shenanigans. Let's get serious. What you got? <laughs> what, what are we doing? This doesn't Talk. seem serious. Yeah. I was about to to shift into a new topic. Oh, but he's that got. Does he not is look shifting. Like... He's he happens to have our next topic, but he put a cover on it as to protect uh, his investment. Okay, uh, yeah. I was going to ask, what about wedges? Do we put covers on wedges? Yeah, I just uncovered this one. Okay, <laughs> it's right here. So, Chris, this week you did a write-up for us on Adele Golf and their wedges. So can you give us an intro for those who might not be as familiar with Adele? What is Adele? What's their philosophy? Yeah, so Adele has been around for um, for quite some time, always been kind of a smaller niche brand. People uh, that haven't heard of Adele Golf are probably, you know, severely outnumbered those that, that have. But those that have heard of Adele Golf might um, – be thinking about kind of Bryson's original uh, set of single length irons. As you know, Bryson went to SMU in Texas, which isn't too far from uh, Adele Golf in Liberty Hill, Texas. And so David Adele actually built uh, that first set of single length irons for Bryson um, as a junior player. And David's always had a, a very interesting and unique stance on club fitting. You know, when you talk to different fitters, everybody kind of has their perspectives and ideas and, and different ways of going about things. And, and Dave is, uh, David's really big into biomechanics. So, you know, looking at things like your height relative to your wingspan, the length of your arm, you know, this distance as compared to this distance and, and you know, what he calls fold patterns. So as you take the club away, you know, do your hands tend to want to stay covering it like this? Do they tend to want to kind of stay side onto your body or do you kind of open it like that um kind of what he would call an under golfer anyway long story short this biomechanic kind of understanding of those physical characteristics for him helps determine the best way to be fit for different clubs and so they've had wedges uh for quite some time they haven't come out with a new wedge in geez i don't know how long has it been tony i mean it's been a decade, maybe. I mean, it's been a, a long time. I think it's long enough that I don't have the the you know the date right on the top of my head. But we've been hearing about a new wedge from Adele probably for the last two to three years. I know it was at least four years ago at the PGA Show, talking to David that you know they had been working on it, getting ready for it to to come to production. And the, and it's not just as simple for them as hey, here's a new wedge. 
get it in the pipeline, retail channels, so on and so forth. There you go. Because everything that they do is really built around this custom fitting identity. And so it's having fitting carts. And what is the system? And what is the process? And how are we going to do that? What are the costs for that? They're not a huge company. And so how are they going to actually get all those things out to market? But anyway, long story short, here's the wedge. Really the story with this wedge, in addition to the grinds, there are going to be four separate sole grinds. You got full face grooves, which he, you know, which is kind of a calling card of Adele. And, but really the story is right back here, which are these three movable weights. Uh, we've seen movable weights before in a lot of different clubs. They look pretty similar to what you've, you know, what you've probably seen in fairway woods, hybrids, drivers for, you know, for quite some time. The idea with this is that you got three different weight locations and a different series of weights. In the stock configuration, there's two weights that are, I think, two grams and maybe one that's eight. Um, anyway, two of the weights are the same weight, one's a little bit heavier. And what their testing indicates and what they've shown is that the location of that heavy weight, whether it's all the way out on the toe, right in the dead center, or toward the heel, changes performance pretty drastically. They're saying by roughly 10% uh, on spin, and their number is 44% uh, in terms of accuracy. So getting the heavy weight in the location that's most appropriate for your swing is where a lot of the performance change comes from. And to be clear, basically you're talking uh, with three different swings, you know, swing types from steep to shallow. So in, in Adele's parlance, steeper would be a cover golfer, neutral would be more of a side-on golfer, and somebody that's much more shallow would be more of an under golfer. So that's just what he kind of calls a fold pattern. But the idea is that you match up more or less match up the weight configuration with the type of fold pattern that you have. That's a lot of information. There's an article. It is a lot of information. Yeah, I've, I've been jabbering at you a bunch. But it's the thing that's intriguing to me about it beyond, okay, does this work or not? It's like, you know, if we take those take those three little, you know, weights out and and I were to, you know, let's say those were covered up, I'd say, hey, here's a brand new wedge. And you'd say, it looks like every other wedge pretty much. And then you could go back a decade and say, oh, well, that still looks like pretty much every other wedge. And you go back to 1931 when Gene Sarazen, right, kind of did his homemade version of a sand wedge based on a flight lesson he was taking with Howard Hughes at the time. And since then, you could make a pretty good argument that the fundamental shape and function of a sand wedge really hasn't changed that much uh, and certainly not nearly as much as we've seen the changes in metalwood technology, iron technology, maybe any other club in the back. That was going to be my question to, to open up to the panel. This approach seems to be one of the most technologically and, and thought out approaches to wedges. And it doesn't seem like in that category, we see the same dedication to development that we do in, for instance, drivers. Tony, what do you think of their approach here? Well, there, there's some stuff I like. Um, I, you know me, I, lo I love it when there are multiple grind options that that run everything from a pitching wedge to a lob wedge. So that ticks all the boxes here. I like that they offer a a broad range of shaft options, which is that was kind of my issue with their their single length option, right? This idea of like we are an entirely custom fit company, and so we will fit you for any 
One. single length shaft <laughs> as long as it's a Patterson. You know, that was kind of the, that was my issue there. Um, so there's some stuff I like, but look, we've heard stories about revolutionizing the wedge space before. Terry Kaler with, you know, it started with what was the first one, Eidolon, which we then then Score and now Edison wedges. And, you know, that hasn't changed the category. James Patrick has been in and out of, you know, doing his own thing and then with Titleist and now back again. And so far that hasn't changed the category. And so when I look at this, you know, my issue here is, is fundamentally rooted in math. And first, let me say, I'm open to be proving wrong. I'd love to see it because I think it's an interesting concept, the idea of movable weight on a wedge. But ultimately, movable weights exist to relocate the center of gravity. That That's fundamentally what they do. And so I ran some numbers based on the available weights in the head. We're effectively talking about, and then be clear, this is based on a, a wedge head weight of roughly 300 grams. So we know what we're talking about here. So those weights give you the ability to move, depending on whether you're using a big weight or their stock weight, between 1.3 and 2.6% of the total weight of the head, again, based on a 300 gram head. And you're moving it over a very small area, you know, like, like that big ballpark, right, Chris? And so yeah, absolutely. when I look at, at movable drivers, right, within that space, we know the, the effectiveness of any movable weight technology is based on how much mass is being moved and over how large a range that weight is, is being moved. And so I ran some numbers. You take a typical movable weight driver, you're moving roughly 7% of the weight on a typical design. So you know, basically more than 2x, almost in some cases 3, three to 4x the weight over mm -hmm. a much larger area within a driver. And then if you talk something like a, a Ping G425 Max, you're, you're moving 12% of the weight, again, over a larger area than you get with this, this wedge. So, yep. you know, open to be proving wrong, would love to see it, would love to try it, but the math says you're simply not moving enough weight over a large enough area to significantly impact the performance of that wedge. And so when I look at the data, I go, hmm, you know, th this isn't a lot of shots. And, sure. and what would happen if we were to repeat this test with these same guys tomorrow and the day after that? Would the same guys who who fit into the weight in the toe, if they came back tomorrow, would they still be weight toe guys? I don't know. It's an interesting concept, but mm -hmm. on the math alone, I, I'm skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to that point, too, I think what's what's interesting thing to keep in mind, too, right, is, you know, for every player, certain things are going to right have a different impact. If I could get... You know, like I said, they they put the number at forty four percent in terms of accuracy. Well, percentages can be a little bit misleading, right? Like if I improve from, let's say, from a hundred yards, I tend to hit it to fifty feet. That's not very good. If I went from fifty feet to thirty feet, that would certainly be better, and that'd be a pretty large percentage improvement, right? As opposed to, let's say, that I average fifteen feet and I go from fifteen to twelve. Well. You know, for every yard we get closer to that hole, that next yard, right, or that next foot is more valuable. You know, it could be that that 4%, 5%, 10% improvement, or like you're saying, moving 1% to 2% of the head mass. For some people, that could be a, a huge effect, right, depending on what that's able to do for them or not. And if nothing else, I think it's it's a different way to talk about wedge performance. For sure. Um, it's a sure. different way to... Like I said, maybe to quantify, maybe that is a lab. Maybe it's something we look at and say, okay, what what does that look like over more testers, different situations? I, I applaud them for taking a risk. You have to, right? Because you're not going to start to eat away at Vokey or you know industry leaders by basically saying, hey, we're going to do what you do and do it slightly differently. So I applaud them for taking a, a 
different approach to it. It's in, in, in really, in some ways, it's a radically different approach, right? We haven't really seen this type of structure um, on a wedge. Now, in terms of what happens with it, how does it change? What does it look like? We'll see. Yeah, and I think anything that sort of brings awareness to wedge fitting, because you know, we've talked about this before. It is probably the most underfit club in the bag. And, and also, and, and this speaks to what Adele is trying to do here, where, where the opportunity, the greatest opportunity to improve your game likely lies because, you know, take the movable weights out of it. Just the, the fitting for grind, as we've talked about alone. Harry's experienced. I've experienced. Oh my gosh. It can make such a difference in your short game. Huge. And, and we can talk about strokes gain math and how... You know, being longer off the tee is a great benefit, but <laughs> ultimately you still have to have that good short game. And so if something as simple as changing or, or getting fit for the right grind on your wedge can, can help with that, hell yeah, you should you should definitely look at that. And that's, I mean, that again, one of the hallmarks of that Edel brand is fitting, fitting, fitting. Yeah, and they have four different grinds, you know, four different grinds. So I think if you have not been fit for a grind on any wedge ever and even if there's just one a lot of improvement potentially there if you've never ever considered the bounce grind loft configuration on any of your wedges if you have not done that i don't care who you you know what wedges you end up using but that you know that that's a huge opportunity one size does not fit all in the wedge space by any means no why do you think golfers are less inclined to pay as much attention to their wedges as they do some of the other clubs in their bag, like drivers, putters, irons? It's it's opportunity. So you can you can walk into any big box store, right? Any place that sells a driver in, in the modern today's world can fit, if it's brick and mortar, obviously, can fit you for that driver. And they can do a reasonably good job fitting you for irons and even, even fairway woods and, and hybrids for those who who actually get fit for those. But when you talk about properly fitting a wedge, it's really comes down to one, you need to be outdoors. You need to be interacting with real grass and, and all the lies that you may encounter on your golf course. So, you know, hey, what does this look like from the fairway? Do I need something for the rough? Do I need, to, should I consider a lower bounce or big wide sole high bounce wedge out of a bunker? You need to be able to try wedges in all of those scenarios to get the best possible fit. and. The retail environment doesn't want to do that, one, because they, they don't really have those outdoor facilities for the most part. And the other thing is, is as soon as somebody goes out and hits that wedge outside, like it, it, the value drops off. So you really need to, you have to be committed to wedge fitting in a way that allows you to have a demo bag. And if you're truly brand agnostic, right, you sort of need a <laughs> demo bag for for every manufacturer, at least demo heads to, to really kind of do that apples to apples let's get a guy into his best possible fit and it's it's the effort probably far exceeds um, you know the, the population of golfers who are interested in digging into their wedges at that level yeah and i think i think the last thing you said there tony is really important is the consumer interest and for whatever reason you know i think consumers have you know in some ways they haven't put the same demands on wedges and putters in terms of technological improvement they have on metal woods right where we demand these changes and improvement over time is, hey, the club I swing the fastest, it goes the furthest, you know, furthest needs to be the one that I'm fit for first. And then I kind of work my way from there and, and a perception <laughs> that, you know, wedges are important, but they're like, 
I mean, really, how important are they? I'm only hitting the shot 30 yards, 40 yards. I'm hitting this little bump and run, da-da-da. And, and it's almost like the use case of distance dictates how important it is to get fit for that item. I think we see the same thing with putters, where it's like, really? Can it really make that nice. much of a difference? I'm only hitting it 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards. And, and the reality is, I would almost say it's like, you know, like if you had to organize it, it'd be like driver, wedges, putter, irons is almost the order I would go in. The interesting part is probably not movable weight because I'm with Tony. I don't think there's enough area to move that weight around to make a huge difference. However, the C grind with the teeter-totter bounce on the bottom, that's an interesting one because we've noticed that in putting, at least in putting, if you have like a a flat middle and then it goes up on the toe and then um, up on the sides as well, it doesn't perform well because if you if you're a we see a lot of putts that are missed left if you have the toe up this kind of stuff because it shuts it down and vice mm-hmm. versa we don't see that much performance when it comes to those kind of designs now in the wedge space you're hitting so many different varieties of shot depending on your ability as a as a golfer you could be standing more upright so therefore you could be coming up to the toe part where it's got a different bounce from the looks of it so you're playing a different shot there, so it might react differently than a, just a normal bounce across the whole board. Mm-hmm. And then when you're when you're hitting a full shot, it depends on your lie angle. If your lie angle is four degrees upright, like I am, for the most That's part, so in my insane. irons, which is ridiculous. Four? Yeah, four degrees upright. If you weren't winning tournaments, I would tell you you have a problem. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I think no. you are, I'm... To your point, Harry, that's I think that's that's exactly what Tony Tony's saying is why that fitting component is so important. Exactly. If you put, yeah. Like this C grind, if you put this in, so this is good for players who tend to be a little bit shallow or use more of a shallow stroke to play those kind of shots around the green. And the the uh, you know the amount of heel relief is really there so that you can open the club face without changing the bounce angle. So whether you're playing it square or a little open the leading edge is going to sit in in predominantly the same location, right? Now, if that's not a shot you play... It might be... That might be really... Yeah, that's going to be a really sharp angle. So if you don't connect with it correctly, you're in problems. Because I, I can see that C-grind could potentially be a niche of a golfer. It's great correct? for a person... I For that person, I think it's also great for the person who... And this actually made me rethink my wedge fitting the first time I went out and played at Tony's course was... Oh my gosh, I don't have a low bounce 60. I don't know how to use one. I've never really been in a situation where I can see the benefit of that. And you play McGregor Links one time and you go, okay, fescue, low bounce wedge. These are two things I really, you know, need to work on. Um, and <laughs> a lot of fescue. <laughs> and so, yeah, it really made me rethink that configuration and then kind of going with a lower bounce, more, you know, wedge that I could manipulate a little bit more easily in the 60 and then a higher bounce. Um, 56 ended up being a wedge configuration that made a lot of sense for me regardless of where I play. But I don't think I would have figured that out unless I went to a fitting or played a course that, you know, um, punched you in the stomach. Yeah. I clearly didn't have the right equipment for certain shots that were presented on that course. As long as we're talking wedges, can I show you something? Please. Yeah, please do. My new toy came. So this is, this is, this is part of our What's in the bag update? Do, 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 right? We'll make the noise. <laughs> breaking, so we'll breaking, the news, breaking news. 
So I mid-size. You actually, wait, you actually have something in your bag now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is so like we're gonna go, we're gonna go butt to. Oh shit! You, I know what this is. We're gonna do one club a week for Tony. Yeah. So this is Golf Pride MCC Plus Four mm -hmm. grip, the the unofficial grip of me. <laughs> what shaft is here. that? So this Mitsubishi, is a there you go. Mitsubishi. Okay. So I've I've got this in my irons right now, all my wedges. Uh, this is the MMT. This is the 125 version. It's like a steel pup. So we're gonna we're gonna try and, and kill dynamic loft, but let, let's move up to the head here. So this, yeah, is, this is this is your you're yeah. so happy. Look at you. I know what it is. Can you see it? I'm gonna bring it down so you guys can see it. Da -da. Ooh. Can you see what it says? That's a, no. Well, the best, the finish. best the, finish. The best finish. <laughs> Did they send that to you just because you no. said it's the best finish? No, yeah, they this, didn't. So this is, yeah, the, this is a Vokey <laughs> Slate Blue because it oh, is the, the best, best finish. finish. Yeah. yeah. And this is this is the 58D because my uh, 60 degree K-grind experiment has, has not gone well. Is it's it the, over? The low bounce K. It, it's um, It's going to take a break. It's going to take a break. <laughs> it's going to take a nap for a little we while. We were on here. a break. We're gonna get out and, and play with the 58D because that D grind has has worked it's dirty. Well for me. Like it's a nice nice compromise mm -hmm. of, of having that that nice you know the big sole for a guy who comes in steep but still some versatility to manipulate it around the green and get creative. I so, love that grind, yep. Tony. I reckon your I reckon your short game's kind of nasty. At some like to be honest, because because you say that you're I've never played around with you, but you say you're a little bit sprayer off the tee and irons wise. So you're always you're not going to be hitting that many greens in regulation, so your short game must be a little bit. Tasty. You know, it's I can be brilliant, and then I'll just go through two weeks at a time where I I get the chip yips. But but sometimes uh -huh. it's it's really really good, and sometimes it's terrible. Isn't that golf though? <laughs> if you would have seen a couple pars that Tony made on hole number three, I I still remember there there were two pars that Tony made on hole number three, which. You got to see a visual. Maybe Matt can find a picture of it. But it's a narrow par four with junk all over the place. A difficult green to hold. And and Tony made a oh, couple. That's, that's four. That's number. Four. Oh, that was four. Sorry, number four. Um, yeah. Three was so such a catastrophe. Three is just it. like a, a five hundred yard par three. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. But to your point, I mean, he, Tony can make some absolutely brilliant up and downs. And part of that's dictated by you're you're not going to. I mean. Your even really good players aren't going to hit a ton of greens probably at McGregor. Mm -hmm. Like it's an easy course for good players not to hit many greens on. Yeah, some of the easiest holes on the golf course as long as you hit the green, which is really hard to do. Right in the right. middle. Yep. Yeah. I still though you, Chris, you witnessed the one. I think probably the the best one you've seen was probably the shot from the deep fescue on nine. Yes. And unlike some people we played with, you didn't like put it up on a tee in the fescue and find a way to hit a <laughs> six iron 200 yards over water on a par five. You, that was yeah. It is that see it. You got to see it to believe it. Like if we went back, maybe we can do an on location uh, golf <laughs> we go. and we can go try to recreate no way I could this hit that shot. shot again. We, we can see how many times it would take you. Like that'd be really fun. I mean, the ball was, it was buried. Like, it was you, awful. Like you had to kind of dig through three feet of fescue to see it. And then, you know, I basically almost hold it. It was so. un Is fescue like Heather? Yes. But okay. angrier. It has yeah. an angry <laughs> It has a bad attitude. <laughs> like, it gets in the in the like the height of summer it gets to be nips high. 
Yeah, brutal. yeah, yeah. We've got that back in. England. You could lose a fourth grader, like in yeah. this stuff. <laughs> I've tried. She just keeps coming home. <laughs> she keeps. <laughs> is it like? Is it like a teenager's face? Just very yeah. angry, spotty. Yeah, exactly. Just exactly like that. Just very angry. It changes its mood based on the. The hour. more you hit it, the worse it and thicker it gets. <laughs> yes, just like your children, Harry. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, well tony you'll have to keep us updated since you won't do a what's in the bag you'll have to keep us updated next time you get a new club so we're gonna build your bag episode by episode yeah it's like a mini one club at a time yeah Yeah. it's the best finish it is the best finish (laughs) all right i've got a hot seat for you are you ready masters starts on thursday so i'm coming for predictions let's see who am i gonna pick on first harry who you got who's gonna win the masters who's playing I haven't even looked at it. Uh, I reckon. I think Justin Thomas. All right, Tony. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a long answer here because there's there's a process you go through. That's here. not like you, Tony. Yeah, so, so right, the <laughs> Masters. There are two cycles in the Masters, right? There's hey, a guy you've heard of, top tier golfer in the world wins, and you know, like Tiger, right? Perfect example, Dustin Johnson. Even Patrick Reed, you know, yeah. was not totally unexpected. <laughs> um, Don't ever say that. Yeah, I know. But, and then some years you get like Danny Willett, right? And so you're like, who? What? Charles Schwartzel. Yeah. So the, these names that are are familiar to, that maybe like you're, you're the casual golf fan has barely heard of. And so I ran the algorithm and I've settled on and I can't tell you precisely exactly <laughs> who it's going to be. But I, I have a strong feeling it's going to be somebody with an H. It's going to be an H name. So Brian Harmon, Jim Herman, Mackenzie Hughes, Max Homa. That would be would it be awesome. Harry Nodwell. We could go the other way. Hideki Matsuyama, Henrik Stenson, oh. Hudson Swafford. Or, or you could go like the Stewie Griffin approach, right? So kind of the outsiders, like a Will Zalatoris. <laughs> Webb Simpson. Webb. And again, second one for Danny. Will it? So, yeah, the one of those guys for sure. I couldn't tell you which one. I'm going to list 30 guys, too, and see if I can get any of them right. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I don't know if I'm going to let you get away with that. How is the 92 <laughs> players of the field? <laughs> Who's not going to win? <laughs> Why don't you give me that? Anybody playing it for the first time. Patrick Reed. Any, yeah, right? I mean, there's they have all these, like, you know, characteristics, right? Like, first-time winners. There's the jinx before where you have the par-3 contest. So if you won the par-3 contest on a Wednesday – you weren't winning the uh, the actual yeah. tournament. I I think if uh, best for best, I think Dustin Johnson wins it. I think if okay. if you had the top ten players in the world, everybody played their best. Um, I think he wins it. I think right. uh, my dark horse is Webb Simpson, though. Uh, I Web. really really like Web. Web. Uh, I I I'm feeling good about the Webster. I'm waiting like for it. my exemption. Good luck with that. <laughs> I, I played two one-two tournaments. I'm waiting for my exemption into the tournament. <laughs> I think you got to crack two thousand dollars on the career money. Yeah, I was going to say, I think probably, maybe. <laughs> I'm nearly there. <laughs> you gotta, Close. You got to add at least a, at least one more comma in there. I think. Okay. Before you can go two hundred. No, it probably won't even be that. Two hundred thousand. No. Yeah, you need a lot more. Couple more. Yeah. I just need to know some people. Can't even get a ticket for that kind of money, Harry. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> my time will come. My time will come. All right. Well, it'll be a fun weekend watching that. And Tony, if any of the guys that you listed win, I'm I don't know that I'm letting you claim credit because that doesn't count. So Plus what algorithm did you even have? 
Did you just make it up? Like you just invented an algorithm? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's been a fun one today. I'm glad we got to get an education on iron covers as well as the gullibility of our readers. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. We'll be on the lo- oh, what you got, Tony? What you got? Is this is this allowed? Can I yeah. Put my new, uh, yeah. Yeah. What kind of, ooh, what do we got there? Oh, the Adam's red. <laughs> Little yeah. old red, yeah. Yeah. You can can you can you put a Vokey in an Adam? I just did, so I guess you that's did. a thing now. All right. I know. Harry, is there anything you'd like to display? <laughs> no. What's that what's that head cover you got back there? Like in all seriousness, is that like a prototype for something we're kicking around? Oh, this is this has been there for a while. That's that's been there for a while. This is from Gold. That's gotta be old. That's an older version of the logo. Yeah. yeah, this is this yeah. is an old, old one. But yeah, that's kind of probably going to get questions as to whether people can order that. So Harry, can you right. answer that question ahead of time? No, yes. you cannot. But if you if you want to if you want to submit your designs for Nodwell's Daily Dingers head covers and hats, you're more than welcome to. Dingers, <laughs> dingers, dingers. What was this week's tip on? How to create backspin? I like that one a lot. So a lot of people struggle to hit down on the ball when it comes to steepness. So I put it, you put it on a tee and practice hitting down on the ball, come steep into it, lower the tee height until you get to the ground and then you just keep hitting down on it to create that little back, bit of backswing. That's an interesting one too. All right, well, you can check out Nodwell's Daily, Daily Dingers. We're going to have Matt link every article we talked about today, including the April Fool's one, so you can check those out as well. Uh, until next week, we out. Bye.